From talkradio.nyc, welcome to At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and owner of David Thiergartner Interiors, right here in beautiful Manhattan. On tonight's show, Heart and Soul, my guests tonight are Darren Ronning and Travis Messenger from Batten Tileworks. I'm so excited to talk to them all about their handcrafted tiles and their myriad of colors that make Bantam Tile Works a unique and sought-after company. I want to explore the techniques that give each and every tile its own unique quality, and I want to hear all about the sensational range of available colors inspired by Lewis Comfort Tiffany. Darren and Travis have a wonderful story of dedication to their craft and a remarkable journey from Minnesota to lower Manhattan and to Bantam, Connecticut. There's a lot to talk about. So let's get started. Cyber Monday, inspired by its evil cousin, Black Friday. It is a symptom of our obsession with convenience. Ready-made, ship it now. The internet has made things faster, and faster has become faster, and faster has become the point. We live in a time when we don't make anything for ourselves anymore. We don't make balsa wood birdhouses or get well cards, and very few of us plant gardens. We order dinner online and pick it up when it's ready, and over half of us use Amazon every day. We don't make sugar cube castles or homemade Halloween costumes. And you know, just last Halloween, my last round of trick-or-treaters all came dressed directly from the store, or at least it seemed that they did. We don't make homemade bread, and which for me was the heart and soul of my grandmother's kitchen. In a cab last night, I had a conversation with a colleague about the new pace of expectation. Rome wasn't built in a day, she said, of which I replied, nor should our homes be. I am asked quite often how, as an interior designer, I design homes with such elegant interiors, but at the same time, how are they so approachable, so comfortable, so welcoming? It's a wonderful compliment, and there are several reasons why, one of which is that they take time. Not delayed time or misuse of time, or I don't know what the hell I'm doing, waste of time, but they take thoughtful time, considered time, design time. But there's something else that rings true and authentic to my interior, something that has a long-term effect, something that gets better with age, and that is I like to use handmade, handmade objects, custom-made pieces. The last rug I designed was handmade. The sofa was upholstered by hand. The wallpaper was screened by hand, and the art on the wall, of course, is made by hand. An apartment renovation I just completed several blocks away from this studio has handmade everything. Furniture, rug, Venetian plaster on the walls, and handmade crafted tiles from my guests tonight. 
I like to describe it as having a eased edge to it all. The apartment breeze. It's not sharp or hard-lined or cold. It, it makes your shoulders drop. It softens the day. It welcomes your friends and makes you feel as elegant as the interiors. It's as if you smell the fragrance of homemade bread in the oven, that taste of that golden crust, the warmth of that soft, chewy center that we all so love. It has heart and soul. So that's why I'm talking all about this, because I have Darren and Travis here from Bantam Tile Works, and all of their tile is homemade. And I want to talk about why that is important and what that transforms and how that transforms a room or a house or an apartment. As a New Yorker, I'm surrounded by millions and millions of machine-cut, factory-produced tiles. Every subway platform is cladded in machine-made tile. It seems as if every restaurant wall has commercially produced tile. You can't escape it. But homes are, homes are still handmade, crafted by hand. Skilled workers building walls, setting plumbing. Electricians laying miles of wires and painters and cabinet makers and expert tile setters too all have their hand in the game. Handmade. The products and the material we use should be too. As Seth Godin says, the thing is, we're not autonomous computer-making Vulcan-like creatures. And that's okay. It's better than okay. I think it's what makes Travis and Darren's tile so remarkable. It permits us to bring the heart and the soul and the magic of their work into our homes. And that, of course, reminds me very much of my grandmother's homemade bread. When we come back, my conversations with Darren Ronning and Travis Messenger from Batten Tileworks. Batten Tileworks makes beautiful homemade tiles and elegant ceramic accessories with the most extraordinary array of custom colors. This is At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, and we'll be back in two minutes. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Did you know you've been playing poker your whole life even if you've never played a hand of cards? Hi, I'm Ellen Lakend, author of Poker Woman and host of the new show, Poker Divas. On the show, I talk about how poker strategy helps you win in business, life, and love. Tune in live every Thursday, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi. I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. 
Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're We're your digital connectors. connectors. Woo woo! (laughs) (laughs) Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. My guest tonight, the dynamic duo of handmade tiles and ceramic accessories, Darren Ronning and Travis Messenger from Batten Tile Works. Darius and Travis, welcome to At Home. Well, thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. Yeah. Yeah, we love I'm so excited. We felt like we've actually known each other for a couple of years, but uh, we finally get a chance to meet tonight and to talk, and I couldn't be happier. You know, I start every show talking about beauty and you know, more specifically, what is your meaning of beauty? And more, even more specifically than that, what is beautiful inside your home? We, well, I think that beauty is something that's can be very, com- should be very comforting, but also at the same time challenging so that over time it's not a, it's not something that fades and it's not something that uh, you get tired of. It so grows. the challenge is the beauty, I think. Oh my God, nobody's ever said that before. I love that. So not beauty like a rose that does fade over time, but beauty that intellectually keeps you stimulated? I think not wanting more from your sense, you know, when your senses want more, when you want more answers from something you see or feel. Yeah, that's exactly right. Something that's something that's makes your brain say, I need to learn more. Wow, I love that answer. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, what specifically is, what like, you know, we're going to say tile probably, but you don't have, you can say your own tile, but is there something specifically in your home that you cherish and that you've always had and that you've always thought was beautiful? You know, it's kind of funny, but we were talking about it on the way here and it was really, it's our home itself. It's such a unusual home. It was built in 1949. It's um, early mid-century modern by a semi-famous architect and it was just so thoughtfully made. We bought it from the original owner. She was 103 years old when we bought it and, um, just getting her story, everything she put into it, and then getting to take it to the next level. You know, it's been such amazing fun for us, and we're, we're really lucky. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's a great, great way to look at beauty, I think. That's wonderful. Um, you know, the other thing that's really interesting about creative people is that there's always stories about, you know, when we were younger. So um, you guys are, you know artist and and you have this incredible handmade tile company were there any indications when you were younger that you were crafty or artistic or was there anything that pointed you into this path i think we both came from craft backgrounds oh you did kind of yeah my mom's a huge crafter all of my siblings my brother like my sisters all have a different craft it's yeah it's it's I think you're definitely right. Like it's something we learned from her, and it's something we're carrying on. And I don't have kids, but nieces and nephews, we pass it on to them. And it was a great passion for her. Oh, absolutely! And she included you guys in the whole every process. time. Yep. yep, we were always included, no matter what it was. It was uh, we were always part of it. And I really grew up loving puzzles. I couldn't stop. I could couldn't get enough of puzzles. Jigsaw so puzzles that really or, jigsaw yeah. puzzles. Yep, uh, any type of um, problem that's a putting pieces together was oh my god yeah that's fascinating well it goes when we talk about all the different shapes and stuff there's well we'll wait let's wait let's wait because <laughs> now you got me intrigued about how many different shapes you guys offer and how they all look like jigsaw puzzles but we're giving away the store and we don't we don't want to do that um Let's talk about the handmade quality of your tiles and your accessories. And, and what about the handmade process or the final process of the handmade that is important to you? Why, why handmade? Why, why stick with the craft of it? You know, each piece is individual. Every piece stands on its own as a separate piece of art. When we look at the, all the tiles put together on the wall, our first client that received them, she was like, it's, it's like I've got a great painting on the wall. And it's 
it's kind of the magic, I think, that when you get all of those pieces that are individually made by hand, it creates some beautiful pieces of art. It's, it's something special to look at. Even in our field tile, which is sort of a, you know, could be standard shapes or, you know, squares or rectangles, but we do a layering of tiles, uh, a layering of color, of color the, the glazes on top, and every there can be up to four or five layers of glaze that each is done by hand, and that gives that a real warmth to the... A strong sense of depth and... Yeah, the depth, I think, is really, really magical about it. I, you know, my next question literally was, you know, how do you uh, think your clients respond to it? But you kind of said it, right? I mean, they respond, they think of it as a tapestry or of a painting or um, even perhaps a mosaic, even though it's not quite that. They, they really appreciate it. And it's funny, when we get clients, it's at least ones that are local, they'll bring in friends to visit their tiles being made. You know, week after week, it's you know, it's like a four or five week long process. But they want to show their friends, like, oh, oh these so are they're ours. Wa- they're looking at the. Oh, whole we make person. our studio open to everybody. Yeah, oh so God. it's not just an open, uh, you know, place to come in and look at design, but it's you get to see them made as well. You can see them in different stages. They're wet. They're drying. They're and yeah. they're excited about every part of the stage. I would be too. Yeah. They're hot out that. of the kiln. I found that to be fantastic. Yeah. it's like kind of watching your car go through the. <laughs> exactly. <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> We're also fascinated by that. Yeah, it's a little the slower. <laughs> right, but not by fun. much, not by much. No. So they actually come and visit their tiles as it goes down yeah. the process line, and bring friends. It's it's quite the funny, fantastic. Thing. You know, when we're talking about handmade tiles, and let's always say that we're going to talk about them in, um, in comparing machine-made tiles to handmade tiles. And one of the first things that I think of is that there's a thickness to a handmade tile that machine-made doesn't necessarily have. If you think of like a New York subway tile, I I don't even know, but it's like an eighth of an inch, but your tile is at least a quarter of an inch, right? Or three-sixteenths or something like that? We make standard, I mean, that's sort of an industry standard, but we make it as thick or as thin as you need. Uh, We did a galley kitchen on a boat, and we made them as thin as possible. They had to be thin for weight to make it work on the ship. We had to think that through, the weight process. Yep, it was maybe an... Six, uh, just above a sixteenth inch thick tile. So. Yeah, like oh. wafer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. But we got the weight down, so she could. So have wait, who boat. thought of that? The architect thought of that, or the actually, it was the homeowner itself. The she, homeowner. She came in and she was like, "I want a tile kitchen on my boat." And uh, the it, only way we can do that is I if we like, keep the weight down. Yeah, okay. let's just make. Well, them we make th- them that thin for our uh, samples when people ha- need chips to. We have to mail them out, and it saves on the weight oh, for I shipping. See. So we have them as samples, and she just said, "Can you make these for my boat?" Yeah. Fantastic. How did the boat come out? It came out beautifully. (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about, we're talking about thickness and stuff because I think that's one of the differences between handmade and and machine cut. But also the edge is different, right? In a machine-made tile, there's a very sort of clean, strict edge. Not that you guys don't have a, a clean edge, you do, but there is a buttery feel to the tile, right? There's a softness to it. Definitely, and it's also, it plays out more in the glaze. We'll get like a burn on the edge on a lot of colors, and it's an irregular burn, so each piece looks... So burn being like almost like a crust? Kind of? Yeah, kind of just on the edge. Yep. So it'll, it can be brown or black or, you know, different colors even, but it's just something that makes it a little more special. We make all of our tiles, if we can, cut to the right size in the shop so they don't have to be cut on site and we lose the burn on one edge. Right. Stands out so much to me. You know, it's one of those things. It's a little detail, but we would prefer to see it whole. Right, you wouldn't want a whole field of what we're calling the burnt-in tile and then one that needed to yeah, be cut. That, exactly. Yeah, 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 right. Oh, yeah, that's important. Yeah. Um, but I do love that about handmade tile. I do love that the grout line, let's say, is not so perfectly yeah. you know, drafted across with a ruler and a pencil, right? There's a little softness to it. There's something kind of uh, can be very a little colder with a commercially made tile simply because of those sort of sharp lines. It's definitely a clean you know specific look but it can be sort of flatter and cold you know colder but whereas with the handmade with layering colors and having just that handmade feel to it it i think it brings a warmth and a real nice sort of calmness to the tile yeah i would agree a hundred percent um so we were talking about jigsaw puzzles so you do have some really interesting shapes and maybe even more so interesting combinations how did you develop those unique tiles and <laughs> how often do you think that you need new shapes to be introduced into the line? 
We well, introduce them constantly, honestly. It's when we have a moment we can uh, have some fun and play a little bit, but sometimes it's the client comes in and says, I'd like this uh, a specific shape, and we try to we make that one work. Or sometimes we see a, one of our my favorite uh, patterns uh, is in, was inspired by just a, a Japanese wood block, a wood print block. And it just was, you know, there's patterns all through time that you can find. Yeah. We just took one recently from a piece of 60s wallpaper. You know, this is really funky modern print, but I was like, this would make an amazing tile and I've never seen it. You know, and it's something we can pop out and just give it a shot. Yeah, your shapes are very unique and stuff, but that's fun. So you're you're almost inspired by everything that you see, right? I mean, you Definitely. can like kind of go, oh, that wallpaper's great. Oh, that, you right. know, that the, hand block is great. And the people that come in and ask for something, you know, ask, bring their ideas in. Yeah, we get some great ideas from clients. They, you know, both color and shapes and just direction. It's uh, one of the best parts of our job, honestly. I would say, right? There's yeah. a lot of creativity with yeah. that. And and is there is it ever a challenge to represent... Um, those images or uh, or your client's thought process? I mean, are, are, do you feel like you're always able to deliver on what they were trying to accomplish? I guess so, right? We have to reimagine a lot. You know, well, you're going to change the proportion and stuff. Proportion and like someone will come in and say, like we just had someone come in and she wanted the William Morris print reproduced. And I'm like, well, we're not going to do that, but we can do something inspired by William Morris and, you know, take it and play with scale and proportion and, you know, use the florals, but use them in maybe a new way and try to come up with a compromise that'll work for everybody. It's more interesting in the long run anyway. Yeah, I think yeah, so too. Right, yeah. And there are some limits that are, you know, in terms of just the size and of the kilns and just the process of what we can do physically. What you can accomplish. Yeah. And it, we talk through the process to, for people to understand that too, but. Yeah, it, one of my f favorite things was someone wanted to have some tiles that were sort of con you know conical tiles, which we imagine just you know the cleaning would be very hard. But yeah. <laughs> when we said okay, oh, we'll try three in three dimensions, three, in yeah. three dimensions, oh. yeah, and I you know I guess that be, uh, goes beyond what standard definition of tile is, but it it, it was a really beautiful effect. But oh, and you were able to accomplish that, yeah. My nieces and nephews right now are going, Uncle David, you need that because I'm a huge <laughs> ice cream freak. And they're thinking that every time I took the Our shop ice is cream, next to an ice cream parlor. Yeah, exactly. That would be, <laughs> sounds good. We didn't have a picture of that. We should, put, we should put that up. We should put a picture up of the conical-shaped three-dimensional tile. Yes, it is hard to keep clean, but oh, well, that's their issue, not ours, right? Um, you guys say right from the beginning that you were inspired uh, by the colors of Tiffany um, and more specifically, which we posted on Instagram, the beautiful mm, the uh, Lewis Comfort Tiffany Fountain that's at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in the American Wing. Um, it's a little hard not to be inspired by that. Yeah. But would you, I want to talk about Tiffany for a little second. But before we do, just I want to know about that, that whole feeling of seeing it for the first time and, and knowing that it was important to you, but trying to develop why and how from there did it inspire you to create, you know, tile a company of your own? You know, it was probably when we first moved to New York in 92. Um, we went with an artist friend to the Met and she brought us in there. And we were like, oh, it's a beautiful fountain. You can't help but see it's a beautiful fountain. But she's like, no, 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 no. Get up and look at it. She's like, you have to get up like inches away from it. And that was the first time I'd seen Tiffany glass like within five inches and it's just the layers of color in every piece that he makes it was like i was taking ceramics at the time and i was like this is something i would love to be able to achieve you can't you can't get the same you know effect as glass but it's something we can try for and i think we've we've actually done a pretty good job of getting a really deep same layered effect as as he was able to do oh my god you've done an incredible job with that thank yeah, you no question yeah. i mean i think that is you know, there's a lot to be proud of, but that is an achievement on its own. That was our focus when we started. We spent two years just running tests and 10,000 color tests afterwards. We had our, our color palette, but it was um, quite, it, it's, it's a lot of work to, 
So let's talk about that a little bit because it's not just one or two colors, it's a hundred colors, right? Yes. And and then and then just so everybody knows, it's a hundred colors that have that layering process to them. Right. That it's just not one window of color, but it's two or three or four different sort of windows that come together to build that depth that we were talking about. Yeah. That illuminosity that we were talking about. And they are absolutely breathtaking from that standpoint. Well, thank you so much. Um, so great achievement on that. Let's talk about uh, Lewis, Tiff Lewis Comfort Tiffany for a second because if people don't know, in the decorative arts, he has as big a name as anybody can be. And, um, and he had a lot of what you guys had. He had a, a need to um, get the best perfectionist of his the perfection of his idea and what he wanted and what i know a little bit about him besides that he became the art art director for his father's company which we know as tiffany and the yeah. jewelry store that's not him not the same person he's the son of that um and we know him for all the stained glass and stuff but even in the glass work at the time, they were so trying to get the purity out of the glass, and he wanted the impurity <laughs> right. to stay in the glass because it gave him that depth and that dimension that he was looking for. Right. And it was a real struggle for him, and I always found that to be so fascinating to, to go against right. you know, what was normal or what was people thought was perfect or beautiful. And I've always found that he was inspiring because of that. But uh, he was a perfectionist on his own level. Right. And you kind of have to be, don't you, if you're going to run a company that makes handmade tile and delivers massive amount of tile throughout the whole world. So, yeah, yeah you have a lot in, com in comfort, I was going to say. You have a lot <laughs> in common with Lewis Comfort, uh, <laughs> Tiffany. It's so, it's, it's just so... Um, great, and um, you have to. If you haven't been to the Met, you need to go and, like you guys, you need to stare yeah. at it, you need to look you closer get close. at it. And then I want you to run up to Bantam, Connecticut, and look at every all of their tiles. <laughs> we're going to get back into on the next time, we're going to talk about all of that, all the wonderful things about your tile. Um, let's go to break. This is At Home, and we'll be back to talk to Darren and Travis all about their wonderful story from shop owner in Lower Manhattan to the heart and soul of Batam Tileworks in Connecticut. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin. Together, we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
We are talking to Darren and Travis from Batten Tile Works. You can follow Batten Tile Works on Facebook and Instagram. Pretty easy at Batten Tile Works, right? <laughs> That's yeah? exactly right. And uh, <laughs> I love it when it's like that. Um, don't forget to send your questions to me, David at DavidTheorgartnerInteriors.com, and just do me a favor and put at home questions in the subject line. Um, guys, I want to talk about you guys for a little bit because okay, okay. you're an extraordinary um, couple, um, and I want to hear the whole story. I want to go from Minnesota to New York City, uh, all the way to Connecticut and the business. So who wants to start? Well, we both, uh, this is Travis, we both grew up in Minnesota and met after college, or basically at the end of college, and um, decided we both needed to move to New York and and we, I kind of came out a, a few months earlier, but Travis gave me a panic call saying, do you know how expensive it is here? So we ended up moving in together. Quicker <laughs> than we, would have done. we were a real estate couple. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about money with you guys, yeah. right? That's all it is. But Started. what was the, what was the motivation for coming out? Travis was in theater, musical theater. And I was, um, taking classes at Parsons, trying to learn a lot about furniture design my second class didn't pan out, and I ended up taking a handmade tile class instead. And uh, 25 years later, we're still doing that part of it. <laughs> it's funny how that is. Yeah. So, but at some point, you transitioned and you owned a store in Lower Manhattan yeah, yeah, called uh, Pepper, Pepper Jones. Jones. Exactly. And so, what was that about? How did that happen, and why? We both we both really were ready for a. a career change and a life change and re Darren said to me one day I think I'm opening up a I think I want to open up a store yeah I'd been working on Wall Street for seven years at that point and just hated it and um, was ready to try my creative hand and retail seemed like the right way to go and Travis was on board with I it, was so. ready to stop auditioning so <laughs> we were both we were both open this we opened the shop in 99 1999 yeah wow so you're in lower Manhattan where was this store this was on Beekman Street okay it was a small street it was we were it was a new neighborhood it's even. a lovely street actually it's a lovely street and it was um a really close-knit street we ended up in the first year knowing almost every neighbor within six blocks you know it's you can't help but, and it's um, really tight, especially after 9-11, like it was super even more tight, and we got to really know everybody, uh, I mean, around, and people really helped each other out. It was great. The store was a, uh, we sold uh, tableware, different home goods, but ceramics. we also, ceramics, um, but we also um, had attached to it a, a small cafe, and that's where the neighborhood really. It was really kind of a central point for the neighborhood. Oh, like a coffee, yeah. exactly. grab, or yeah. Yeah. lunch and breakfast. Kind yeah, of thing. nice, nice. So, how, why ceramics? How how did that start? Well, I think we were both just interested in it, and uh, the more we looked for things, the more we wanted to make our own, you know. But it was we were, we had a house in the country by that point, but no way to produce anything there, and it was just something in the back of both of our minds without even talking to each other about it. But um, something that just was kind of evolving without thinking about it, and then uh, when we decided to close the shop. The next, the next natural progression was to act on this, and uh, so were you selling other people? We were selling other people's ceramics. ceramics. Yeah. So you were going to the markets, going to the shows, yeah, finding looking, any small artisans we could. Uh, so you were looking at artists and craft and trying to find interesting pieces, and exactly, and it, that was your tabletop or your table line was uh, inspired by that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And the um, handmade tile, it went back to, I, I'd always never stopped taking the classes, both at Greenwich House and at Parsons. Oh, so you were doing that the whole time? Yeah, Greenwich House was my main studio oh, that fantastic. I got to work at. Yeah. And um, when we were planning a renovation, a small renovation in the country, I was trying to buy handmade tile. And the store I went to, she was like, you don't, you don't want it. You know, this is this isn't what you want. She it's it's a regular, you? and you <laughs> yeah. gotta expect these yeah. things. And I was like, well, I, I do want it. <laughs> In the end, she wouldn't sell it to me. So oh my god! I know. I was like, well, let's just make our own. You know, this is something we can do. Like, let's just start this process and see where we can take it. So that's what we did. We rented a studio and just started experimenting, working on the past knowledge and just uh, trying out new ideas. And two years later, we opened to the public. Wow! Teaching yourself how to do it the whole time. When did the Tiffany inspiration come about? Oh, 92, probably. I mean, but where in the Pepper Jones story, in the store, and you know, what linked, what was the link to that? Do you remember? You know, it was honestly just the appreciation of the craft. I mean, seeing that much effort put into such 
such like that fountain. I mean, I can't even imagine how much work went into that right. fountain. We get to work on projects sometimes. We we did a fountain in um, Upper, like on 175th and Broadway here. Um, that's a beautiful 12 foot tall fountain. But I'm like, I compare that, and that took us nine months of work to do. Mm-hmm. But it was like, wow, his was you know, epic. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All that. All that for him. All that material came from Brooklyn, by the way, which really? I, I thought was really huh. fascinating. We got we get ours locally f- in Connecticut. Well, it's uh, just across the border in Massachusetts. We get our clay from and all of our materials. So it's nice we're able to keep it close by as well. So I told you it was a fascinating story, and it, it, it and it is. It's so great. So can you tell everybody? Because I think we're all anxious to know. Tell us about your home a little bit more in detail. You told us uh, that you bought it from a hundred and three year old woman. It's yes. uh, original to the house, and but. Can you walk us through a little bit? And of course, we want to know about what color tile you have and what the backsplash <laughs> looks like. That's what I really want to know. Well, we we uh, first saw the house. We were just looking for a, a place to escape from Manhattan for a, a weekend. And when we walked in, um, it felt like our your really cool grandmother's home. It really was, yeah. I had a very cool grandmother, two very cool grandmothers, but they, it felt like both of them in some way, and it just felt right to both of us. And it's a it's a modern home. Every, it's very open. Um, it's open Modernism can read cold, but it's absolutely the opposite. It's such a warm house, lots the, of wood. We have materials. shoji screens divide the rooms. Um, it's a lot of glass looking out to the outdoors, which is always beautiful another thing that i think is really beautiful about our home is she'd hired george, outside the home george nakashima at the beginning of his career to do some of the furniture inside she did yeah like at the very beginning of his career in 1948 49 oh. so we got a built-in dining room table by him and chairs and, and that you bought with the house yeah it just it's built in oh. so it stayed oh my god that's fantastic yeah it was, we, we didn't know who it was that. <laughs> well of course not Oh my God! Wow, what a she was a wonderful. She built. She knew what she was doing. She She, was the house and garden editor of Mademoiselle. Okay, nineteen forties and fifties. Exactly what she was. Yeah, she had a vision, but it's we were just lucky to find it. You know, it's it's such a treat. On the in the alternative, there wasn't there weren't very many places at all for us to put our tile in this beautiful home that we didn't touch for the longest it needed renovations for sure (laughs) but we didn't touch it until this year and we finally have put our tiles into the home so okay okay so um wait can i just ask one question yeah of course did you meet her or did she pass in the she was actually still alive but she was living in a nursing home so we never got to meet her because that would have been a wonderful i she would have been so excited to have passed that home on to you guys i I think think so yeah Yeah. they were just looking for the the problem with modernism homes is they tend to be torn down and the land is used for a bigger house and her only goal was to make sure somebody would keep it and uh, you know the friend that introduced us to the home, that's his sole goal, is finding these houses that are going to be torn and pairing them with people like us that want to keep them. And uh, we were lucky to make it all work. And What a fabulous story. Yeah, that's was, great. Yeah. Okay, you should write a book about that. That would be a great <laughs> little book. Well, right. she left us all of her notes and she everything she every bought. Note from everything. 1945 on. I'm telling yeah. you guys, yeah. there you go. <laughs> that's your next project. Let's talk about it because everybody wants to know. So, so tile in the bathroom, is there tile in the kitchen? Is there tile on a patio? Where's the tile? <laughs> the tile the so the main tile that we have from our tile is um in the shower uh, shower surround okay um it's sort of on so she did do a small addition to her house at some point in time and so we did alter that we tried to restore everything as much as possible to the exact same way that she built it but the little addition is where we added this bathroom so we felt like we could add our tile there yeah and um it i it's funny working with customers it's you know i'm used to talking people through decisions and you know helping and when we came down to trying to decide what we tile to put in our bathroom, we couldn't figure it out we, it this is so good long. for everybody to know yeah. very good you should almost repeat it travis we had trouble picking it out we tried a thousand colors before Did we you? chose it yeah the good thing is this once is it great. came out of the kiln i was sure that this was the right this was the effect we were going for or i was going for anyway yeah. i think i had took a minute for darren to be on board but no i was on board right away it was great so what color is it and what tell us what the shape is and it's a deep deep blue um with a, a sort of there's sort of br- uh green speck 
with a metallic base. A too. metallic, yeah, a metallic green base. It it feels very. It's a small ish shower, so it feels a lot like a grotto in a way, and it's um, a steam unit, so it's really. But the overall follow, uh, it feels like an Art Deco 1930s piece, kind of. You know, it, well, it, it's really, it just works. I don't, it's nice. That's nice. Um, I love the whole grotto thing, yeah. especially for a shower. I think that works. That would be a lovely experience to take a shower. So you're surrounded, in other words, with the tile. Yes, yeah. exactly. Fantastic. And yeah. there's something out um, that feels sort of like an outdoor nature. It feels like nature um, in a little shower that's just steaming you up. <laughs> perfect. All perfect. I personally love the pinwheel shape. There's, I, I think I, I mean to say that I love all your shapes, um, but I was trying to pick one that I thought one, um, you know, I've seen thousands of shapes of tile and, um, but that one seemed sort of simple. Um, not necessarily earth shattering from, you know, the design right. point we've seen it a thousand times, but in your tile, um, with the possibility of the color combinations that could happen mm. within that pinwheel. Um, it just, it was, it was very sort of, I love when things are simple, but not. And right. that's what that was. And was there any special reason why you picked the pinwheel or is that just a part of something that you saw? It in was your... a traditional Moorish pattern that we were, wanted to experiment with blowing apart a little bit. So usually it has zero grout lines. The, the pattern just runs. And we were like, if you blow it apart a little bit, it becomes almost like a flower. So um, we we're playing with that, and the first installation we did of it, we did multiple shades of blue for an ocean house front, uh, an ocean front house in Greenwich, and it was just um, spectacular. You know, uh, just it sing- really worked. It really worked, and yeah, we've done it in single colors and multiple colors. But it's a, it's a fun. It's a fun yeah, play. that's what's fun about it, right? It yeah. has a lot of possibilities exactly. to it. You know, so we've talked a little bit about it, whether it's been. Uh, Tiffany or just your house or uh, the Moorish designs that before, but you guys do have a nod to your predecessors or to history. And I mean, I think that's kind of fascinating. Everybody's always trying to invent the new shape or invent the new will or invent the new thing. And you guys are kind of gently saying, hey, we appreciate this. There's something authentic about what you look at. And so did you do you know that? Did you realize that? Or has that just been a part of how you see design and and the work that you do? I think you have. I think you sort of have to when you're working in a material that's been around for thousands of years. I mean, it, they, they, looking at it, we were inspired. One of our clients w- was in Pompeii on a trip and took a photo of some of the ruins there and said, this is what I want She's for like, my bathroom. Can we do this? And I'm like, yeah, we can do this. It's- and, it, and putting your own, you know, I guess putting our own glazes or our, our own take on the um, finishing of it is really what it boils down to. But it's, it, all patterns have been around. It, you can't, you almost can't reinvent the wheel. You really can't. You know, I mean, we've tried on the computer sometimes to, let the computer go wacky and just see what comes up. But all of a sudden it reminds you of, you know, a painting that you saw at the Met or, you know, at Guggenheim. Oh, we didn't invent that. There's, you know, but that, but there is something that makes your tile, I think, very special because you give it, uh, you pay honor to it. You, you give it some real uh, authenticity. And I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Listen, guys, do you yeah. believe it? I'm telling you, uh, you know, Darren, you said to me, he goes, yeah, 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 we run out of time really quickly here. And I can't thank you enough. You'll stay and we can answer yeah, some course. questions from of the course. audience and stuff, which is really wonderful. I want to thank you for sharing your beautiful stories of the collection of your tiles. And we didn't even get into accessories. Maybe we'll talk about that for a second before, when we come back. Um, but you know, hmm. As the opening said, the heart and soul of your design, and I think it really talks to the heart and soul of interior design. Um, so you not only make great combinations of shapes and colors, but you guys make a wonderful combination yourself. yourself and this is At Home, and we'll be back in two minutes.
You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. The best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. So we were having fun over the break. Uh, I'm going to include you in that. But we were talking about some of the tools that Darren and Travis use, not only to make the tiles, but to make accessories. And I forgot that we haven't even talked about the accessories. But so you guys were saying that you use pastry tools? All the time. To to make... Shape the clay, cut the clay, everything. Yeah. We've got friends that are shafer, chef, pastry chefs, and they come in and they're like, we have the same kitchen. Like, this is ridiculous, but... Yeah, the two fields just overlap in so many ways. So much fun, including like the piping. Yeah. Oh, piping, and of course, of course, cookie cuttery yeah, things, right? Yeah, like that, and pizza. But most, yeah, most of our uh, cuts are made with a pizza cutter, and we just take a ruler and guide yeah. it down. And people cut come them. in looking for the high tech equipment, We're right? Like, this is it, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> We're making cookies and brownies most exactly. of the time, right? It just so happens to be, it so happens to be clay. I do want to talk before we get into some of the questions. So tell us about the kind of accessories that you make and and where you know um, how big a business is that for you well especially now during the holidays it's a, a lot more it's people walk in and see our colors that and have fall in love with the colors but um, don't necessarily want to redo their kitchen right now and so they've We've They'll buy just, a piece of pottery instead. Yep, know. there's a lot. Of, we have a lot of bowls, platters. Uh, we make things like checkerboards, um, full dinner sets, vases. Yeah, everything out of clay. We, we do, do some. It. We have uh, lots of times we work in, with people who want a tabletop, and so sometimes we just find some frames that are in the you know flea markets that lost their glass top years ago, and we can just put you know make a tile tiled table for them which is a very modernist concept right i mean a right. lot of in the 40s and the 50s they did ceramic tabletops exactly right and we used to kind of make fun of them because they were passe but they're they're back they're back <laughs> and, yep. and that, that's a very um wonderful thing to 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 have as a coffee table or a cocktail table yeah yeah. So let's take some questions real quick. Here's one from uh, Greg Johnson. Love the show and love your tiles. I was looking at it on uh, the internet while you guys were talking. I was wondering about spacing between tiles. Is it different for machine-made tiles versus handmade tiles? It can be. We'll do joints as tight as 16th of an inch, but um, 
I like a little bit wider joint, just it makes you appreciate the tile itself a little bit more. Whereas on a machine-made piece, you want it really consistent and really tight. We usually say about an eight-inch thick grout line is standard generally for standard for. Yeah, I, I tend to. I was going to say three sixteenths, but we're you know we're talking about a sixteenth there. But I like to see it. I really like to see the grout. I like to see the edge of the tile. Right. Um, I don't want them butting up to each other because then they do look a little imperfect that way, right? right. It, exactly. It's almost the wider the grout, the more sort of artistry there is to the tile, if you can say that, right? Um, but uh, yeah, so there is a big difference. Machine made, uh, I like the what we used to call penny wafer, right? You mm-hmm. use the penny. I don't even know what that is, a 32nd or something, Probably. I think. Um, they have spacers for that now. But we used to actually, you know, I it's wanted penny. this thick, a nickel <laughs> thick, you know, a penny thick. Um, God, I'm talking about the old times. But um, <laughs> but I do like it a little thicker. So thanks for that question. That's really wonderful, and I agree. It's really, really wonderful. Uh, the spacing is important. Um, from Sharon B., the colors are fantastic online. Will they be consistent? We kind of talked about this or have a slight variation. So because I think people do get confused about that a little bit, just run that through about if I if I select 400 square feet of blue glazed tile, what am I going to get? You're going to get variation for sure, but it's going to read as one solid surface when it's finished. It, it, it really does look like a painting when it's done to my eye. It, and it, the other thing about the variation in the glaze, it adds kind of instant age to a piece. It doesn't look like it was just installed. It looks like it's been there for years, um, which we get thanked for all the time when people are building new homes. They have something to ground it with. And that's, it's, I don't know how to say it. It's a wonderful part of it. And again, it kind of goes back to if you don't want that, if that's not that slight variation that happens, then perhaps handmade tiles is is not not for you, right? So I think you could think of it from that standpoint. And we can point people towards the things that are going to be more varied. Like some colors will be, you know, very consistent and some colors will have a lot of variation and point them in the right way that way and i think an important thing to remember is you can order more than you need so in other words if for instance there's one or two tiles that are out of realm with all the other colors and you just pull them out and replace them with another one those it's it can be kind of a simple way to take care of it if you don't like it right Right. yeah yeah Yeah. so i think that's important to know just buy more (laughs) <laughs> nothing nothing, like that. nothing wrong with that. Um, I think we answered this question too, but here we are. It's from, uh, that's a Q, Q, Q1240. Oh, how custom are they? And can I design my own patterns and sizes? We answered that already. Sorry, guys. But uh, we told some fun stories about that and how unusual some of the ideas come in from your customers. Yeah. Right? But that does make it fun. It does. That makes it really <laughs> fun. Do you, do you have a book to show other people how creative they can be? You know, most of our work is on Instagram, of course, like the rest of the world. But um, we do have a website which shows a lot of our installations as well. Yeah, there's a lot on the uh, there's a lot on the website. Here's one about safety. I love practical people. Uh, can I put? You're talking about glazes. Are the glaze slippery, or can I put them in my shower floor? We do shower floors all the time. Um, I I know people are concerned about it, but usually, um, unless you're working with a tile that's the size of your foot or bigger, really the grout line is sort of what keeps your foot anchored. Um, And we do um, exterior installations. Uh, We do, yeah, so it it, it is, I know it's a concern for some people. They do make a non-slip sort of um, protective cover protective cover, or yep, that doesn't even affect the grout our, or the Our number color. one size is a two by two for a floor just because it has that effect of no slipping. You know, it's... If you think about it from the standpoint of a two by two, then with that three eighths inch or an eighth inch grout line and stuff, your foot keeps hitting the grout as it goes across the floor. It's not so much the tile per se, it's the size of the tile and the size of the grout line, I think is really where the safety issue comes from. And that's what we have in our shower. Yeah, (laughs) right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and also you always need a smaller tile on the floor anyway to help with the pitch of the water and the drain um, and all of that as well, right? is there any kind of grout, any kind of recommendation of grout? Is it sanded, unsanded? Does it matter? I don't know. Sanded is what we Sa- use. I'm yep. Unsanded is for glass tile usually, um, but or for really tight joints. But sanded grout is the number one thing. And the most important thing is to always seal it. 
a lot of installers will skip that step and it's a five dollar product that saves your floor forever you know it's absolutely forever always seal those grout lines especially <laughs> on a floor because that's where all the gunk adds up i don't want to end on that note because it's been the most incredible conversation guys thank you so much you're absolutely inspiring i'm thrilled to death uh that you thank were you. able to be here with us and talk about it um everybody please take a look at batham tile works collection on their website easy enough bantam tileworks.com but uh, go through some of the project photos and look at some of the colors and all of that and remember to go to the metropolitan and see the inspiration for it all um the tiffany um fountain at the american wing it's i have a whole story about that too but it'll have to be on our next show um i want to thank <laughs> everyone here at talkradio.nyc and uh Schoolhouse number six productions. I couldn't do it without you, and I wouldn't want to try. Ben Keegan, thank you for my music. And remember to follow me too on Instagram and Twitter at home with DTI. Take a look at my website, David Interiors.com, and join us next week as we start a month long exploration of Christmas decorating. We're going to start with color expert Betsy Carp, and we're going to talk all about. The color red, red in our homes, red at Christmas time and throughout the interior and throughout interior design history. I'm excited about that. Remember to stay tuned for the Noreen Sumter show beyond potential live life your way. And until next week on the radio, remember the best designs for your life start at home. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin. Together, we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. Did you know you've been playing poker your whole life, even if you've never played a hand of cards? Hi, I'm Ellen Lakend, author of Poker Woman and host of the new show, Poker Divas. On the show, I talk about how poker strategy helps you win in business, life, and love. Tune in live every Thursday, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.